Welcome to The Dispatch from Newberry Consulting Services, where we believe in building community through better management, better teams, and better business. I'm your host, Trevor Newberry, and I hope you enjoy the show. Welcome back to The Dispatch. Guys, I am so excited to have you here today uh, because I am sharing an interview that I did with my very good friend, Dion Gordon. Uh, Dion is a true native son of Birmingham. This man loves the Magic City like no one I have ever met. Uh, Currently, Dion serves as the president and CEO of Tech Birmingham, but he has been around as a mover and a shaker for a long time. Um, Formerly with Rev Birmingham, Dion has done so, so much to support and advance economic development in the Magic City, and I'm super excited to bring him on today to share his insights into business in our city, uh, and then also more specifically tech in our city and what we can be doing to foster more tech startups. So without further ado, guys, uh, I hope you enjoyed this interview with Dion Gordon. Dion, thanks for being on the show. I'm really excited to have you here. Um, you are someone who has been in and out of a lot of different things in Birmingham. Um, you've done a lot of things. You've worked with a bunch of different companies, and I think you've got a unique perspective on business in Birmingham. So uh, I know you fairly well, but just for the sake of the listeners here, let's tell us a little bit about yourself, your background, professional history, and, and, and what kind of what you're doing today. Yeah, yeah, totally. Born and bred, product of Birmingham. I grew up on the uh, West Side for a few years, moved all over Birmingham, Homewood area, Lakeshore, Hoover, you name it. Product of Birmingham City Schools, WJ Christian, of course, uh, K through eight and Ramsey High School. Um, there's always been a bit of an entrepreneurial spirit in me. So I, one of the stories that my mom loves to tell is that uh, the bus driver in middle school banned me from selling my artwork <laughs> because the kids were, artwork. <laughs> yeah. I don't even know if it was any good, but what kid isn't going to like buy a Ninja Turtles? I love that. The <laughs> yeah, unoriginal yeah. <laughs> and starve at lunch. All right. Of course, <laughs> totally logical decision. And so anyway, so just drawing and just I always kind of had a, a knack for entrepreneurship and technology. And so it's, it's, it's funny that I get to do in a lot of uh, I get to do a lot of that now. So started some online businesses and nothing to brag about. Right. But for a kid in college and, you know, started to make money um, that that was the bug. Right. Yeah, and so sure. I, I just went all in on that. The first business was actually. It was mobile content, so ringtones, and this was back before. Oh, cool! Yeah, yeah. I know. I remember when that was. Yeah, hot. right. Like, that was what it everybody was, was spending a bunch to, of money yeah. on. It was like the app store now. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. Exactly. So it was like nobody. There was no lightning cord that you could connect to yeah. a phone. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the the most technologically advanced thing about it was playing Snake, right? Sure. On the the sure. Nokia candy bars, and yeah. so, uh, and so I, I I really just stumbled into that. And uh, I, I was doing some affiliate marketing just, and just said to myself, well, I'm not really making much off of this affiliate market, right? 20% sure. tops. Yeah. And so um, I stumbled across a company and uh, long story short, they provided a lot of the things that I didn't want to do and didn't know how to do the licensing and royalties and all mm-hmm. of that stuff. And I took care of the coding, marketing, design. Yeah. And so that's where I really cut my teeth in that. Uh, and so just gained a ton of experience and knowledge. I did some consulting around that for a while. This is when social media was really starting to blow up. Uh, Fast forward to about 2008, 2009, I came across a guy, a lot of folks in Birmingham, especially in the tech scene, uh, know him. He's John Garrett. 
Yeah. Excuse me. Uh, and of course, you know, John unfortunately passed away in uh, September 2014, but that was the most pivotal encounter of my professional career because yeah. John was really able to give me the the framework and the foundation that I didn't have kind of just cobbling all of this stuff together on my own. And so it, it's John, it's a fascinating guy. I mean, let a, a truly remarkable life. And so he he comes to Birmingham and and we cross paths and his company at the time it was it was a consultancy. It was he was merging with uh, a web development shop that was in existence already. And so long story short, that, that deal did not go through. Mm-hmm. And he just decided, well, I'll just do a startup. And I would like to have these individuals as part of the team. And for whatever reason and lack of judgment, he asked me to be a part <laughs> of it. And, and I, I was hesitant. I was I was an idiot. Um, I, I just, I don't know. For, I just didn't want to take that leap for some reason. But, you know, I mean, thank God the guy just really pushed on me and, yeah. and, and, and just... You know, he, he he stayed with it. And I remember we went to Black Market Bar, uh, the one down on 280. And mm-hmm. matter of fact, it was it just hit midnight, so it was my birthday. And for whatever reason, it felt right. And, nice. and that's when I said yes. And, um, and I stayed with John on that journey. And, of course, you know, Tony and Josh, just, you know, all of the guys at Chronicle Studio. And um, it, it was one of the best experiences, right, just being able to, to, to thrive in that and then and so did that for four four years, and of course, like I said, John passed away unexpectedly, mm-hmm. uh, and it was a period where now I'm asking, well, what now, right? We're asking it for the companies, like, well, sure. what does that mean for for the for the company, uh, and then just personally, like, what what does that mean? You know, he, John grew to become my best friend and my mentor and, and business partner, you know? yeah, and. Um, and so it was. That was a. That was a crazy few months for me. Uh, but the stars aligned again, and and Rev Birmingham had reached out to me and asked if I wanted to be the director of business growth. And I mean, honestly, I probably had no business being in that <laughs> role, right? Uh, I, I mean, I, I I knew entrepreneurship. I had started yeah. some stuff. I was intimately familiar with Birmingham. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess those were, were pluses in, in that column. Um, but it was a big leap. And yeah. and, and so I, I took that on and, um, you know, I, I drunk from the fire hose. And I can look back on that. It's <laughs> always a really fun visual it, oh, when people say it, that. It was probably more like waterboarding. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're going to take this water and you're going to like it. Yeah. And so, uh, but it was, uh, it, it was, the most stretching I had ever done at that point in time. Yeah. And I just, I really feel like one of the luckiest guys around that I was able to, to do so much of my passion in one job, right. Impact yeah. Birmingham positively entrepreneurship. Mm-hmm. And even in a crazy way, I was able to introduce technology into a lot of the things that we were doing and pull some of the lessons from technology uh, and, and helping these, these companies and, and, you know, entrepreneurial hopefuls go from what we used to call concept to concrete. Right. And so, and I, I tell folks like, I, I had, at the end of the day, I probably had nothing to do with it. Right. Our job there was to build a bigger platform, a bigger stage so that people with the talent and with the passion can get on that stage. Right. Yeah. And so if we could shine more spotlights on that individual and let them do what they do, all the better. Right. Yeah. And so it's like I, I look back at with with pride when I see Zebby Carney and Eugene's yeah. Hot Chicken. Right. Booming. Mm-hmm. He's expanding already. And you look at uh, I mean, uh, what's the development right there on First and Morris, right? The Essential, Chris yeah, Farmer Hall, yeah, yeah. right? She was All the first folks. winner of the big pitch, right? Kate Hardy, right? Yeah, Another, I yeah. mean, just 
Like that block is pretty much. Yeah, yeah. You've seen <laughs> you know? you've seen a lot of those folks come yes, up. Yes, yeah, yes. And 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 it's important because those like those are the people and those are the businesses that really define a city and help to to write its ethos. Right? It's the urban standards. Right? It yeah. is uh, you know the feast and forest, which is now the essential. It's the um, the Reeds books, it's the What's on Second. It, it, those are the things that really help define a city. Uh, and so I just, I, I feel incredibly privileged and honored to have been a part of, of, of so much of that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and so, so you fast forward, uh, gosh, I haven't even been president of Tech Birmingham, not even a year yet. Yeah, I know. It's been, that was pretty recent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. December 1st, 2017 was my first day. Uh, coming right off of the hills of the big pitch, yeah. which was in November. Um, and so it's, again, it's like I, I am incredibly lucky because I can draw on all of those experiences and see how it ties into technology. Awesome. Yeah. So I wanted to, that you kind of hit on something that I wanted to talk about is that, you know, Birmingham has been known, uh, has become known as a tech hub in the last couple of years, which to me is just wild, you know, <laughs> yeah. like it's just kind of, it's weird to think that your Southeastern city, if it's not Atlanta is a tech hub. So, um, you know, but most people, they hear that and they think Silicon Valley, right. But what does that like actually look like for your average Birmingham resident? Like what can they be looking for to see the signs of this, uh, this technology boom that's going on? Like how to, uh, because you know, technology touches lay people at a a bunch of different points. So for the people listening that maybe aren't as connected to the tech industry, like what's, you know, maybe like the top three, like the highlights that they should be looking at. I know ships on there, so of, maybe we shouldn't course. put ship at the, on the list because it's a, it's obvious. Yeah. yeah they're right, like right. The, 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 they're the cute girl <laughs> at the prom right now, you know? Right. Yeah. But yeah, but the, how, how, what does that look like for the lay people here? You know, him? so I, I think it, it looks like, I think it looks like a, a world where our everyday movement is impacted by things that are built here. Yeah. And I, I think that's a, a good goal, right? So going back to your original point or original question about the, being a tech hub and there was the article, Silicon Valley of the South, yeah, which is great. It, it, it is compelling. It grabs attention, mm-hmm. but we really need to make sure we're focusing on being the best Birmingham yeah. and figuring out what that looks like. What, part does tech play in that exactly yeah and so i think tech tech is probably going to be our best play in, in a lot of ways or of course there's advanced manufacturing well let me back up in so many ways every company is a tech company now absolutely you, yeah you, right mm-hmm. and, and so it's much more horizontal and and you have to ask a question okay well how does technology incorporate into the automotive sector how does technology incorporate into finance and, mm-hmm. and healthcare and life sciences all of that and so those are some of our strengths, obviously, right? The automotive sector, healthcare, bio, uh, biotech, life sciences, blah, 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 blah. So, but we, we have to figure out how do we encourage that ecosystem where companies are just sprouting out left and right. Yeah. And we're not, we're getting a lot of attention because we're bucking trends. It's almost like if you bring an out-of-town friend 
to Birmingham for the first time, mm-hmm. and like, oh my gosh, you guys have running water and indoor plumbing. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like the bar it is, is the south, is but it's not that <laughs> right. south. Yeah. Yeah. The bar is low in some ways, and even if it's not that low, people just they have they're blown away. And it's a great thing. We have great things to offer. Yeah. But that chasm between what they usually think. Yeah. And what they experience is it is it blows their mind. Yeah. So I, I think it's very easy for us to kind of get attention and recognition for that. The question we have to ask ourselves is now how do we leverage that, right? What what next? Mm-hmm. You know, and so we have to do a better job of generating uh, startup activity. And, and and we're not there yet compared to a Nashville or compared to an Austin or even a Chattanooga. Yeah. Right. And so, uh, and again, that's not to throw cold water on it. It's just for us to have that brief celebration and say, this is great that we have all of these accolades and all of this press. How are we, how are we going to take this to the next level? Yeah. And so, of course, again, like the, the clusters, what Birmingham is built on, that is going to be a, a major component of it. Mm-hmm. And really just figuring out how tech, we should be generating fintech or fi- financial technology uh, companies out of Birmingham because we're just, we're so strong in banking. It just makes sense. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. We should have medical device companies that are spinning out like crazy because we're so major in healthcare. Yeah. And so again, what does it look like creating that, that ecosystem where you're just bumping into venture capital money, you're bumping into people who want to help and mentorship. Right. Yeah. And we're, and we, I, we are getting there. Mm-hmm. I, I really do think we're getting there. Uh, but we just have to also operate with a sense of realism and where we are now and, mm-hmm. and be, uh, committed to what it's going to take to get to that point, right? And so, and you have folks who are stepping up to the plate, right? Alabama Futures Fund. Full disclosure, I'm on the advisory board for that, right? Sure. Twenty five million dollar seed fund for these companies. The only condition, for the most part, you either have to be based here or be willing to locate here. But yeah. that was a major gap for so many years. People just had these great ideas and they could not get funding in Birmingham yeah. or Alabama yeah. for that matter, mm-hmm. right? So they'd have to go somewhere else where the money was. Exactly, yeah. exactly. And so, again, which goes back to making sure we have a realistic understanding and view of the current landscape so we can figure out where the holes and where the gaps are and then just come up with ideas and solutions to plug them in. And mm-hmm. so, you know, what, what, what Matt uh, Hoddle and Mickey Millsap, what they put together in that futures fund, I think that is a great indication of where we're going. Folks see a need and they're feeling it. They're responding to that. Yeah. But I also think Birmingham has a unique play in making sure we are, we could position ourselves as truly the, the, the first tech city, tech hub, however you want to characterize it, city that is doing this through the lens of inclusion. And, and far too often that generally filters down when you talk about DNI, diversity and inclusion, it, it filters down into gender and race, major components of it. Right. But really just saying, you know, how do we make sure everybody is at the table and everybody can participate? We just have a we have a great legacy when it comes to that past and recent. Right. Yeah. Of course, the, the efforts that, uh, that that characterize the civil rights movement. And I'm starting to see people talk a, a, about that period. Uh, with a lot more pride uh, as opposed to walking around like it's a scarlet letter. Right. Yeah. And, and and saying that, I mean, because you, you point to any city, a, a major city, I guarantee you, Birmingham was not the only one that had a monopoly on folks doing dumb stuff. No. Right. No. But in a lot they of ways, they had their own kind of dumb stuff. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Chicago. I mean, you just, just, you name it. Yep. Right. And, uh, and so in, in many ways, Birmingham was a city that confronted that. And 
of course, that didn't end the entire conflict, if you will, right? Uh, or the need to continue to fight. I mean, hell, we see that now, right? Uh, mm-hmm. You cannot rest on your laurels when it comes to this stuff. No, right? you can't. Uh, but in so many ways, Birmingham had a victory. Uh, and so that that is, a to me, a, a, a beautiful legacy on which to rest. But it also gives us a sense of... Uh, I think just a certain gravitas that we can use when we talk about the need for diversity and inclusion, right? Yeah. And and so and and you you Lakeshore Foundation, yeah. right? Uh, you, we have the largest concentration of HBCUs, historically black colleges and universities yep. in in Alabama, than the rest of the nation. I mean, there are just so many things that we can really bring to the table and say to these companies: you have not moved the needle on DNI. Yeah. A lot of times, for not uh, not for lack of effort. Yeah. But you have to be intentional, and you have to be dedicated to it over the long term. Well, in what better city than Birmingham can we actually do that? Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's in our DNA. Right. Yeah. Well, I want to. Um. You know, this part of what I try to do with this podcast is give people like different business perspectives, and especially with your experience in tech. Um. There's a couple things I wanted to ask about. Um. The first being, you know, tech's kind of having a moment right now. Right. Um, and it's not always a good moment. Right. We're trying to figure out, like, uh, what does security look like? Right. You know, what does privacy look like? Um, and, you know, obviously we've all seen and we've all heard about Facebook and we've you know, seen and heard, you know, Alex Jones rant and rave about Twitter. <laughs> you know? But for these younger companies that you're working with. Like, what does that look like? How is that impacting their development and the way that they're building their companies? You know, that's a good question. Um, I don't know. Okay. Uh, actually, but what what I do know is talking about Birmingham opportunities, that actually might be a play for us. I mean, cybersecurity, right? Sure. Because yeah. uh, so uh, there was uh, a, a meeting that I attended a couple of days ago, and they actually started it off by talking uh, talking about who was recently breached. <laughs> and yeah. so a couple of, yeah. and, and then one of the individuals was like, well, I just made a purchase in New York two hours ago. So I, yeah. I mean, it, 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 it is all around us, right? And, and so obviously where we are now has not caught up to the bad guys. And I yeah. mean, it's always going to be a game of yeah, sure, sure, mouse, sure. right? Uh, but again, it's like, I, I think, uh, so how, how does that impact Birmingham? How does that impact the companies? Well, hopefully they're being proactive and thinking about how can we take advantage in a positive way of this opportunity. Yeah. You know, and so, I, I mean, what that looks like in the future, I have I, I have no clue. Yeah. Uh, quite well, it changes honestly. so fast. It, it, it changes on a dime. It yeah. really does. It really does. It's just a brave new world out there. Um, so kind of somewhat related. Um, to me, I, so I've worked with a couple of tech companies. Um, I am a amateur tech user and, and, uh, enthusiast. Uh, but one of the things that I see a lot of times with a lot of the, the people that I've spoken with, they kind of miss, they, they develop these concepts that miss a really critical element. And that's what sends them kind of into the zone of like not taking off, like failure to launch. And it's this human element, right? So we've got these devices uh, that do so much stuff that can track our location, that can give our information, you know, in a positive way, like in, in a way that actually enhances the the lives of the people using it. Right. But if there's a there's a a part, and I, I really haven't even been able to flesh this idea out, but there's like a, a disconnect between the code 
and the device and then the human using it. Do you see that? I see that sometimes. And I see like, oh man, if we could just retool this just a little bit to make this more agreeable to like flesh and bone, right? Right. Um, I see a lot of people miss that. I see a lot of apps miss that. I see a lot of websites miss that. Um, Is that something that you see as well? And what do you think the answer is? I I think a lot of it though is is probably why we're hearing so much about design thinking, right? Which is, I mean, at at its core, it's just really empathy. And, And not only should it be in the tech domain, but how we build things, period. Yeah. You know, and so many times people are developing and creating uh, things for folks and not with folks. Yeah. Right. And so I, I think if people can just back up a little bit, right, going back to what you said earlier, just intentionally bake that into the process. Yeah. Right. Not a matter of, hey, we built this. What do you think? But we believe we have something that could solve your problem. Help us flesh this idea out together. Yeah. And yeah. if we can turn to that, I think we're going to see a lot less of what you were describing. Uh, and, 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 you know, products and, and outcomes that that take, let me back up, that, that design for the margins. And what I mean by that is if you are taking into account that person on the margins or the edge that you normally would not have taken into account, chances are you're going to benefit that experience. That, ben- that experience, that new experience is going to be- benefit everybody, right? So case, yeah. case example, if you are installing a sidewalk, and you obviously, you know, you have to have a, a wheelchair ramp, right? Mm-hmm. Of course. Well, but you also have made it in a better experience for that mother with the baby stroller. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So design for the edges, for the margins, and chances are you're going to benefit other folks uh, that you probably didn't even have in mind when you did that. Yeah. What kind of challenges are you seeing with these companies now? Like uh, tech startups, they're, yeah, I've had a couple of conversations recently with people that, you know, I shouldn't be surprised. It's always funding. Like yeah, funding, funding, yeah, funding. Yeah, yeah. But besides funding, money aside, like what are the challenges that are facing young tech companies today? You know, it, it really kind of runs the gamut, right? So, I mean, you have the money issue. Sometimes it's just mentorship, and yeah. folks have never done it before, and and it's scary, and they just they don't know what comes after this step. They're going all over the place. Uh, they just need that structure and that foundation, right? Yeah. And so just, and, and that's one of the things I think we do very well at Tech Birmingham is just making sure that that connectivity is there, Yeah. right? What are you trying to build? Who do you need to connect with? Okay, well, let's make that happen. You need to be at this event. You need to, we'll make this introduction. Yeah. And a lot of times it's really just that it's, it's in so many ways, it's a proximity play. And the closer you can get people together, the, 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 you know, the higher the chances are that they're going to get together uh, and and fill one another's need. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so so definitely that uh, sometimes it's just the technical stuff. Right. And I even not tech technical. Right. Just yeah. your pitch deck is terrible. So, yeah. Yeah, you know, <clears throat> just the connectivity, the capital. Um, I, I wouldn't even call it a problem of just motivate. I mean, they're going to be. Hell, you get it. Right? If you're building something, it is going to be long, thankless nights. But yeah. I don't, I don't necessarily look at that as a problem because that's going to weed itself out yeah. eventually. Yeah, it, that's it, part it, of the process. Exactly. Right. Exactly. If you want to build muscles, you got to lift weights. Exactly. <laughs> so that's right. Yeah. No and way it around. Isn't always fun. You know, I'm not a big fan of uh, personally of like the hustle culture. Right. Like it, it bothers me because I think that there's an important. We have to, it's like the sleep thing we talk about. Yes, yes, You have to maintain the fact that they're human beings, right? Right. It's okay to grind it out for a little bit, but there has to be a a point where 
there has to be a point where you get to take a little bit of a break. You got to recharge. I mean, yeah. we're like, you know, we're not that different than automobiles. Like you only got so much fuel in the tank. Totally, right? totally. When you run out, you run out. That's a good point. Right. And so uh, what is, what is that line between just passion yeah. and, and, and practicality? Right. Mm-hmm. And so I'm, I'm, I don't know anybody who would stay up to three o'clock in the morning coding if they hated it. Right. Now you might yeah. hate it in that moment. Right. But yeah. I mean, you, it, you know what you're working to, and it, it, you, you're truly excited for it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so, uh, again, if you're not, it, the folk, those folks get weeded out. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. You know, um, but thank you. Yeah, I, <laughs> earlier conversation <laughs> to those just tuning in. Uh, uh, Trevor haunts me because whenever <laughs> I get less than eight hours of sleep, especially six or five, I, I just see him shaking his head in disgust because I did not take his advice. And he, he implored me to get seven hours at least of sleep a night. And when I do, I am a much better person for it. Yeah. And it's so weird because I am, I am ground zero in this hustle culture. Yeah. Yeah. Right? yeah, yeah. Advocating is like, Hey, you, you know, you, you got to get some rest and you got to get some sleep. And so, yeah. so I mean, it, it raises a good question. Like what, what, where's the balance or what, what is that harmony? Yeah. Right. Sure. And, and what does that look like? Because I mean, you, 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 you will burn out even if you love something. Oh yeah. You know, I know, I know I, plenty of people doing it. I'm working with people right now that are right. in that same spot. It's not sustainable. Yeah. It's really not. You know, and so, I mean, maybe it is the tired cliche, right? Smarter and not harder. Yeah. You know, um, so I, I don't know. It's just so I never would have asked myself that this question at 25. Yeah. Right. Oh, no, me either. So uh, maybe just some, some of it just kind of comes with wisdom. Right. I would, yeah. I was burning the candle at both ends at 25 just because I could. I didn't yeah. even have anything to do. <laughs> I was right. just doing it because I could. Two hours, yeah. like a Dragon Ball Z marathon yeah. and salt and vinegar oh, chips. Yeah. Right. It was oh, great. Eat I'm a good. whole pizza, drink four beers, <laughs> go to right. bed at four, get up and go to work at good six. Good to go. Right. I'm good to go. I had a great time. I had a great 20s. They were awesome. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, it's, it's interesting because you also mentioned the mentorship uh, thing. And I, I really do think that that's, um, I mean, obviously it's part of what I do, uh, and it's becoming more of what I do. I didn't get into what I'm doing as a consultant initially with the idea that I'm going to mentor people, but what I'm learning and am continually impressed by is that just no matter what you do, no matter how far technology goes, the human element of doing business and just processing what you're going through, it never goes away, right? Absolutely. Mentorship is necessary at every stage of the process. And I I was talking with somebody today about it and I was saying it, it's not because somebody that you're that's mentoring you or that is your consultant or your coach is necessarily smarter than you are. It's because you don't have enough distance between what you're dealing with and processing it like in a healthy way. So like having someone there that's good at giving you that perspective and helping you work through those things it's huge. It doesn't matter if you're building an app or you're building a factory. Like you need that in Absolutely. your life the entire way. It's why, I mean, it's one of the reasons I love doing podcasts because I get to just like hang out with people and bounce ideas back and forth. It's right. it's a blast. I don't care if anybody never sponsors this. <laughs> I have a good time doing it. And I get a lot out of it. But yeah, so that human element of of the work, and I think that tech though is, is notorious for losing that human element. Um so I, I don't know if that's something that you you see or that you deal with on a regular basis, but you know you hear about people like sleep in their offices and things like that. It's like, man, just go to bed. Just yeah. go home and go to bed. Oh, one one thought. Yeah, I did have one thought when uh-huh. we were talking earlier. Is I think one of the problems that I see 
uh, and I see this systemically, like culturally, and we all fall victim to this. It's not, you know, I'm going to say I think it's a problem, but I do the same thing. Is that it's the solution that balance I think has to do with being comfortable with not taking every win. Like if you are trying to achieve every single thing, you're going to burn it all the time. There's a point when you can look at something and go, you know what? It might be nice, but I'm one person. I got to get some sleep. My girlfriend is mad at me. My spouse is mad at me. And you know what? If I don't get that podcast out tomorrow, it's fine. If I don't finish that next like 50 lines of code, I can do it tomorrow. It's okay. You know, like, and and that's a really, that's also a really dicey line because you can give yourself a license to not do anything. Right. True. Yeah. But you do. We have this thing in our culture where it's like, go, go, go. If you can, if you have the capability of getting that next win, go get that next win at all costs. Yeah, totally. But there's so much more cost to those things than we're giving people credit for. It's like, you might be like damaging your, romantic relationships or your friendships right, or even right. your health. And it's right. like, dude. We never apply opportunity costs to that, right? Yeah, that, no, no, no. The opportunity cost is just like whether or not you get that win. Right, yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, but you actually, there's a lot more going on, you know? And that's just not a part of our culture to think that, that way. That is a fascinating, yeah, that actually reminds me of a, a book that I recently finished, uh, The One Thing by Gary Keller, Okay. Uh, nobody knows Gary Keller, but everybody knows Keller Williams. Well, I'm gonna write it down. So, yeah. <laughs> so he's the Keller of Keller Williams. Oh, okay, uh, cool. Yeah. Yeah. I know who that is. Yeah. yeah. Is that right? <laughs> yeah. And so, but it, 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 the book basically talks uh, to that point, uh, and, and it, you know, he makes a compelling case that some of the most impactful people they don't do more. Uh, in terms of the volume, they just do more in terms of the value, right? Yeah, and yeah. really focusing on that one thing. What is that one thing that is going to get me closer to where I want to go? What is that one project that if I complete this, if I do this, everything else will be made easier? Yeah. Uh, is it, so that really uh, so you that and your floating head really helped me to refocus like what <laughs> I needed, you know, what, what, I, what I needed to do, uh, to be at my most product, yeah. uh, productive. So that book, and then, uh, another one of my favorites, um, yeah, is, is such a favorite of mine that I am blanking because okay. I only got five hours of sleep. That's, yeah, and that's which is the problem. Listeners. <laughs> exactly. Uh, Greg Macchion. I remember the authors. Oh, no, no, no. It's essentialism. Thank you. Yep. That, see, great you know, book. right, man. We make a great team. Yeah. We did. <laughs> <laughs> when you haven't gotten enough sleep, I'll finish your sentences for you. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so, yeah. So that, that's a, another fantastic book. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's kind of in that same vein. Yeah intentionally limiting and giving yourself some boundaries, uh, like a, like a painting with a frame, like the, here's the frame. You don't get to paint outside of it. You got to stay in the lines, right? right. You get to decide what your lines are, but if you don't decide that you have lines, I mean, your whole page is going to be like when I was in first grade, I I hated doing art. I would get a coloring thing and I would get in trouble because I would take the brown crayon and just scribble (laughs) over the entire thing the whole time. And I would get, I would get in so much trouble for that. But yeah, I think it's really important to be uh, including some intentional boundaries. I like that. Define the lines. Yeah, Yeah, no, that that's great. Uh, You should see my calendar right now. You either be concerned or, or proud. I'm not sure which one. So structured. Yeah. But it's also completely full. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Bingo. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You got the you know, the mar- margin is just as important. Yeah. You know, leave yourself some some breathing room, but Absolutely. I don't know. We're, we're kind of off the tech subject, which is fine. I think that but I think that tech is a is a um an area, an economic area where there's right. you see a lot of rampant like burnout, like just and this, super, yeah, super yeah mental hours. health issues. You yeah. know, I mean, we're not taking care of ourselves, yeah. right? Yeah. So yeah, and, and 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 it's something quite honestly that should be talked about more. So yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I'm doing my best. Yeah, yeah. I'm haunting <laughs> your dreams, so yeah, I'm obviously I, doing a great job. <laughs> I'm in your head. It, it's um, you and Ozark. Pretty yeah. much him yeah, on there you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's not a bad pairing. Not, not at all. I feel good about that. Um, so last question for you today. Um, what makes you most optimistic about tech today? Uh, you know, I have a problem. Yeah, I don't know. It's not a problem. I just focus everything in this Birmingham lens. It's a great city, right? With yeah. a, an amazing history, story. It is an, an unlikely success like this yeah. this city should not be here right yeah. despite yeah. its best efforts it has not been able to snuff out that flame right yeah uh and so you 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 fast forward now and we are we're in this you know whatever you want to call it this fourth industrial revolution right yeah. i mean just n- nobody knows what's coming down the pipeline mm-hmm. and so i think we are in store for a lot and we're starting to kind of see the like the tentacles of that now, this social upheaval, right? Folks are clamoring for jobs, for coal, right? Yeah. Just because that's what they know. Yeah. And, and I totally, I, I get it, right? I can, I can, I can understand that. Um, and so you here, here you are. You have all of this rapid change that's coming. But what gives me a bit of hope is that. Um, I think actually funny enough, Steve Case kind of articulated it right, but I feel like we've been solving many problems of convenience, yeah. right? You know, it's like I gotta, and not discounting like the value that Uber and Lyft brings, but it's it's a matter of convenience, right? I mean, sure. if they didn't exist, you could still take a cab in some places, and you know, I mean, I'm thankful. I'd for still them. get around. Yeah, yeah, exactly, right? You know, uh, but how do we how do we start applying tech to? Uh, the truly systemic societal issues, right? Yeah. How, what does that look like when we apply it now to the criminal justice system? What does it look like when we start talking about public health? What does it look, you know? Mm-hmm. And so uh, education, right? And, yeah. and, and, and there's so many things that we can really start applying tech to where you have this generational uh, impact. And I, I think Birmingham has a unique opportunity to really, be, again, be at the forefront of those conversations and those activities. Um, and so many ways, so like UAB, UAB exists because at the time we had the, a ton of sick folks, right? Because of the yeah. industry. And so it made sense for those hospitals and, uh, associated services to be located next to their customers, their patients. And so if, if that holds true today, right, well, we challenges, but you flip it. We have a lot of opportunities to start addressing some of those systemic issues and then hopefully come up with a model that other cities can look, you know, look to when they ask themselves, well, how are we going to start addressing some of these systemic issues that we're mm-hmm. facing with? Why? Right? Um, so 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 that that kind of just, I guess, vision casting. Right. I see that as being being Birmingham's role going forward. And I get excited because I right now I feel like the entire region is in this honeymoon period where you have 
folks at the table and in positions of power and influence and they get it right they might not totally understand it but they get it and i think they understand that we have to at least operate with a sense of urgency Mm -hmm. right whether that is the school system and you know asking themselves well what is our role in this right how do we increase access to code and education and stem curricula uh, what does it look like to make sure that every kid is digitally literate, right? How do we close that divide? Um, uh, you know, the two-year college system, right? What do they come in? Four-year college system, traditional students, non-traditional students. How do we make sure that we are creating pathways that facilitate either one of those decisions? Mm-hmm. Um, and it, everybody gets, everybody's on the same page, right? Yeah. The challenge is is really, I believe, going to be, um, is going to revolve around coordinating all of that, yeah. right? How do we make sense of this? Uh, but it's such a beautiful problem to have because, I mean, 10 years ago, like, we were not having this conversation, right? Yeah. Nobody in Birmingham was having this no. conversation. Uh, and, I mean, five years ago, right? Yeah. Ships, now you ship, like, like, It's amazing where we've come in, 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 in such a short amount of time. Yeah. Right, and so while we have all of this activity, uh, all of the, this alignment, we this is the window that we have to that that will either define Birmingham that we've known for the past twenty years, which is you know still kind of modest growth, yeah. right? Yeah, we're just hanging on, um, or is it really going to change change our our region uh, and just true totally redefine? Uh, what it means to participate in this new economy, yeah. right? And where hopefully your 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 the zip code in which you're born does not define your outcome, right? Mm-hmm. Which it, in so many cases it does now, oh, right? It absolutely does. And, and so, how can we again, right? Like mm-hmm. start using this as a as a tool for positive generational change. So anyway, yeah. so that, that that's what gives me yeah uh, like hope and optimism and all those. That's what I want to hear. Yeah, yeah, I I agree entirely, and I think those are the exciting things moving forward. Yeah, and I think that's what tech is positioned to really provide a lot of absolutely intelligent and really creative answers to so yeah totally well Dion, man i really appreciate it i respect the hell out of you um thanks for uh Likewise. thanks for being here and sharing your insights i uh i know our listeners are going to get a lot out of it so thanks, uh, yeah thanks man appreciate you